It is first of the decade, though. First of the decade. Yeah, we haven't done this wow. since 2019. Holy mackerel. Lot, lots changed in the world, I think, <laughs> these few weeks. Yeah, let's not even go there. Um, <laughs> we're very non-political right. here, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So this is our... Um, Lucky uh, number seven, we think. Bi-weekly type of sure. uh, podcast that we do. We talk about Jets, uh, NHL, other things. Um how was the drive into work today? Uh, it the was roads a are yeah, terrible. They are. Uh, Winnipeg is getting a well. We're getting winter, right? We didn't I guess really so. it have is January, a, right? Yeah, I was uh, been on the last two road trips for the Jets, which pretty much been like from Boxing Day till the other day. So I kind of missed winter, which has set it in. It hasn't here. been much of a winter. It hasn't been. It really hasn't been. It hasn't no. been very cold. There isn't very much snow. I judge by how many times I've had to shovel this year, and I think I'm up to two. So that's that's it. Yeah, that's. Do you we have, have other a, people who do it. Well, we I have an 18 year old son. He helps out oh, a bit. Okay, yeah, I've shoveled more than twice. Okay. I've shoveled twice this week. I think we're even, bad maybe. shovelers. We just kind of drive over it in the driveway, and pack <laughs> it down, get a nice base. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm I'm not sure that the people want to listen to us talk about the weather. Although Winnipeggers love, I, Winnipeg- I was, they do love to talk about the weather. I just did a Google search. Yeah. And I typed in Winnipeg, you know, in the bar or whatever, right? And the number one thing that came up was weather. So that's the number one thing that people look for is Winnipeg weather. And then transit was right up there. Oh. So I guess the buses are running slow or something like that. Probably because the of the jet, weather. The jets were there. Uh, the bombers were there. And then the free press was there. Those were the top five Google wow. Winnipeg searches, just so you know. Good folks. to know, yeah. That should have been in our et cetera thing, maybe. Could have been. Um, okay, so the jets played last night. They, they did. won. <laughs> Shocking. Okay, so um, the Jets have not been great at home, but they did beat the Canucks last night 4 nothing, right? Um, a buddy at the gym the other day, I guess it was Tuesday morning, the Jets lost one nothing to Nashville Monday night, right? Sunday afternoon. S- Sunday afternoon. Okay, yes. so it was Monday morning. Right. I'm leaving the gym, and a buddy's coming in. Uh, he'll go unnamed. I asked him how his weekend was. He said, I'd be a lot better if I could go to a Jets game when they won. I've been to four games, and they've lost every one of them. It's definitely not a motivator to go back. <laughs> this is what he said. The Jets are also probably saying stay far away because this guy sounds like a bad luck charm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I see why you don't want to name him. They, they would ban him from the rink. His name is Brian. Okay. Stay away, Brian. I, I take it Brian wasn't there last night then? He, I don't know. I didn't see yeah. I didn't go to the gym this morning. I skip Wednesday mornings at the gym. It's okay. Rest skip day. day. Yeah. It is a rest day because yeah, I got to come in and do this thing. And um, so... Um, they did. So, First win well, in seven home yeah, games. Something this, this, that they're not winning much at home. He did go to California and see them win there. Okay. Although they lost to the Kings there, that was lame. That road trip. Um, but anyways, yeah. uh, there's been an inconsistency to the Jets. All of a sudden, last night they looked like world beaters again. What's up? Well, a few I know, things. Maybe not world beaters. Yeah, no, they, they looked pretty good, especially good. the first period. I thought as yeah. the game went on, but they they had a three nothing lead by a minute into the yeah, second they period. So it down, which is they did. I think they caught Vancouver at the right time. If you look at the Canucks, Canucks have been one of the hottest teams in the league. Yeah, they've been good. Yeah. Nine and two. Right. Uh, last night was their fifth game of a five-game road trip, and I kind of thought that might happen. You're catching a team at the end of a long trip. They're probably already pretty happy with how things have gone. Sometimes, you know, and the Jets should have been a desperate group, and I got the sense they were the way they came out. Weird start to the game. The Jets put three pucks in Vancouver's net in a 
37 seconds spent and they only actually had one goal yeah. to show for it. Yeah. One uh, of them was that weird one. That one went, went through the, the net, side right? of the yeah. net. Yeah, yeah. The net lifted up right. and then the uh, the goal by Kyle Connor, which counted, and then the Anthony Batetto offside. Jets got to stop going offside. They've actually cost themselves four goals this year uh, by going offside. I, I don't know if they... Uh, listen, I hate the offside uh, uh, video review thing. I think it's just the dumbest thing in the game. It's so chintzy anyway, at times. It really, really is. Yeah. There almost should be... I think they should change the rule that if it's one continuous play, that if the offside directly leads to the goal, but it often doesn't. I'd say more often than not, the offside has nothing to do with the goal. Yeah, it's, and I was like, maybe there should be a time limit or something, sure. like within 15 seconds or something, but that was like... Like I think this one was minute? yeah it was yeah. it was it was well after the fact yeah. and you see that often and it just I mean it grounds the game to a halt like last night any yeah, momentum it's just, it's just, just gone and yeah. we see that and it's not exciting yeah. and it seems yeah. to be contrary to what the NHL is trying to sell yeah but uh, yeah I mean the first win in seven home games for the Jets I don't know what it is I've obviously seen them play a lot on the road lately uh, they do seem to play a different style away from home the Jets are one of the best road teams in the league. And they're one of the worst home teams in the league. Well, I found this interesting. So uh, another quote. I got a bunch of quotes here for you this morning, Mike. Another quote, Paul Maurice, after the loss to Nashville, he says um, something about how they they basically play the same game on the road and at home. And then he then says, we were able to dominate in the past here at home where we would have had a heavy line matchup, unevenness for teams coming in that we don't have now. So it's going to be a flat line. We're going to have to battle every night. You're not getting that much that matchup dominance that maybe you used to have. And I found that very interesting. So they're basically play that maybe they play the same game at home as they do on the road and they numbers just, don't suggest that. Well, They've got a, they yeah, got a lot more it, wins on the road. Is it coincidence <clears throat> of teams or something? I, I mean what Paul Maurice I think is saying there, uh that's that's specifically talking about his blue line and the Okay. Dustin Bufflin, more right. than anything. That's a comment that's saying when you're when you're the home team and you get last change in the past, Maurice is saying, I used to have the the weapons to put out there to neutralize the other team's best. And we could it was true home ice advantage because I had all these really good players that I could yeah, shut them down. That's what I found about it. And you you prefaced it a little bit in your story or whatever, yeah. is that it seemed like that was the first time where I'd seen Paul Maurice question or reveal that the Jets don't have enough good players. Totally. And I I think part of that same quote, he said something like, um, they're trying their best or something. Yeah, yeah, we're trying hard. He's basically saying, (laughs) this is what we have to work with. (laughs) Right. And it's not, it's anything but perfect. But I'm not going to throw any of these guys under the bus because they're all being asked to do more than they probably should be. So it was interesting. Almost, I mean, if you, you could almost interpret it, is that a shot at, at Kevin well, off saying, it. throw, me, a, yeah. throw me a throw me yeah. an anchor here, yeah. or not an anchor, throw me a, a life raft. So the other thing that I thought, big picture, is that, okay, so if the Jets don't have, they he clearly admitted there that they are not the juggernaut that they were last year and the year before. Right. Let's call them that. And then, okay, so if they're not... Can they be or will they be? And how would that come to be? Like, how is it that they would return to being that that team that competed for a Stanley Cup if they're not now? Right. And I'm not saying that they're not now because... I mean, I think they'd have to add, they'd have to change the chemistry of the the team and and specifically on the blue. Look at what they dressed last night. They're six defensemen. Lucas Spiza went from a healthy scratch against Nashville 
to playing on the top pair last night. Like, right. what other team in the league has a guy go from the press box to a top pairing role in one game? That's what Spiza did because Pullman's hurt. We well, wasn't even playing before they got him. Right. You know I mean? He was yeah. a waiver pickup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carl Dahlstrom, who's played four games in over two months, gets inserted into the lineup last night because Dmitry Kulikov has the Spiza was replacing a guy that should be in the NHL, uh, is barely in the NHL, right, as top shouldn't top be a top minutes, pairing, right? absolutely. Tucker Pullman, Tucker right? Pullman yeah. should be on the third pair. He'd be a right. he'd be a perfectly serviceable right. Right. five or six defenseman. Yeah, so their D line is not. They have Sammy Niku, right? They have they have uh, Dahlstrom. They have Batetto, who was supposed to be about an eight or nine guy on this team, who's played every game this year. So and what are they going to do about this? The, what can they do about it? I mean, uh, really. Hanala. They got Hanala coming. They got Dylan Sandberg, who's... Is, he, uh, is Logan Stanley ever going to play in this Logan game? Stanley's having a terrible run with the Moose right now. Just everything They've I've heard about. On some recent they have. Courses, that could yeah. be their... Well, I mean, Stanley and Veselainen could be... Yeah. It could be two whiffs. Um, they have Dylan Sandberg. They're, they're, he's a guy they're huge on. Um, this is his last college season. He he will turn pro. The question is, he still hasn't signed with the Jets yet. If he doesn't sign by next summer, he becomes a college UFA. He's a guy, they wanted him to play this year. He's a local guy, isn't he? No, he's from, uh, Sandberg's from Minnesota, I believe. Oh, okay. Another Minnesota right. guy. Right. Playing with University of Minnesota Duluth. Right, okay. The Jets pressured him to turn pro last summer if, if he had turned pro he'd be playing with the jets right now yeah he won back-to-back well, national championships well yeah i mean he especially with the way it's worked out so he's a guy they're huge on i just saw i think one of the prospect guys just came out with his top 50 prospect rankings dylan sandberg's high on that list uh, of all okay. nhl of all, team all right prospect. so they've got some possibilities they do uh for sure um right. and you know so they have to be patient but i also think you know you could make a trade or two i keep going back to a guy like jack roslevic to me roslevic's been given every chance here i'd try and move him for a defenseman if you could um, yeah, him and Veselainen or something like that. For sure, yeah, package something up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, at, at the status quo this year, it's going to be tough. I know team like Pittsburgh won a Stanley Cup a few years ago with a kind of no-name defense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Could the Jets do before, it this yeah. year? It would be quite the story, no doubt. All right, folks, we're back for the second period. Um, I'm Steve Lines, uh, sports editor of the Free Press. I think I failed to mention that in the opening, and I'm here with Mike McIntyre. He's our sports columnist slash Jets beat writer. Um, we get him to do all kinds of other stuff, too. <laughs> Basically, I get most of my staff members to do whatever I can get them to do, as much as I can get them to do. Uh, I thought cleaning your car the other day was a little <laughs> over the top, Steve. <laughs> I don't believe that was in my job I description. Think you missed a spot, too, by the way. <laughs> um, anywho, we were chatting about how the Jets... Um, could they win? Could they win the Stanley Cup with this terrible defense or whatever? Okay, so... It seems to me, and this is this is what happened last night against the Canucks. Here's what I see in the Jets: is that they win when their top nine forwards, more specifically top five forwards, five. Uh, are scoring and playing really, really well, and Connor Hellebuck is brilliant. Uh, that recipe um, wins them a lot of games. Now, those five forwards, by the way, are really, really, really good. They're as, as good a top five as any team has as in the any league. any team in the league. Andrew Berkshire did a column for us just this past weekend where he showed um, how Connor, Connor Liney and Ehlers are in the top 30 shooters of the league, and Shifley and Wheeler are in the top uh, 30 
uh, playmakers, right. uh, uh, offensive playmakers in the league. And so they have five really, really elite forwards. And then you throw in Lowry and Perot and Roslovic and Cop. And Cop. Cop's just an excellent player. He is. So you throw in those guys and you, you have a, a really, really good top nine. And then you have a really excellent goaltender, and so and one one or two really yeah, good defensemen, Morrissey really and Pionk. Neil Pionk's pretty good for sure, you know. And then you have some other serviceable guys. So um, I don't know. Like <laughs> it, it's a weird team. On some nights they look like they they would literally beat any team they face, and then other nights they just are nowhere. It's just are they so dependent on Kyle Connor having a good game? Yeah. Is that what it is? Well, to me, Kyle Connor is—he's uh, taken even more steps to his game this yeah. year. Like he's—he's yeah. he's an elite uh, scorer, and then the way he can handle the puck in tight, like that guy could stick handle in a phone booth. Mm-hmm. He's got some of the best hands in the game, no doubt. Up to twenty-four goals now, and uh, you know, suddenly I think I wrote this a few weeks ago that that contract he signed, the seven-year deal, might actually look like a bargain by the mm-hmm. time it's done. He's had back-to-back thirty-plus goal years. He's probably going to get close to forty this year. Could he even be a fifty-goal scorer at some point? I mean, playing what with is the twenty-two, gu- twenty-two. He's yeah. playing with the guys he's playing with. I mean, I, I don't see why not. The sky is probably the limit for him. So, uh, saw an interesting stat about Nikolai Ehlers yesterday too somebody who charts zone entries in the NHL, Nikolai Ehlers is the best end-to-end zone entry player in the entire National Hockey yeah. League. Nobody yeah. has entered the zone more, what they call end-to-end rushes, than right. Nikola, more than Connor McDavid, who we see do that all the time in the highlights. Like Nikolai Ehlers is a zone entry machine. Which, is, I, which I would really, if there was some way that they could get him on the number one power play unit, would be... For sure. Like, I just don't get it. Like this guy literally gets the puck into the offensive zone every time he touches it. The problem is who comes off unless well, you go five forwards yeah, uh, yeah. because you've got Connor, um, Shifley's not going anywhere, Wheeler's not going anywhere, and you need line A yeah. shots. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it, I mean, in that sense, the Jets almost have one too many weapons, mm. if you will, for that top power play unit. But you're right. I mean, to me, it, it comes down to what those five guys do on any given night, and I suppose what the opposition can do with regards to trying to shut those guys down. Uh, and Connor Hellebuck, Connor Hellebuck, I mean, right. ho-hum, another 41 saves last night. Like, that win last night looks like so many Jets wins this year, right? It does. They get almost yeah. doubled in shots. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing the Jets did yesterday is they won the special teams battle, which too often this season they have not. The penalty kill has been a disaster. The power play hadn't been very good, although if you look now, Steve, Power play is like 10th in the league. It's been, I think, the best in the NHL over the last month and a bit. And the penalty kill, it's not dead last anymore. It's not even second last. They're actually third last. Wow. Baby steps. <laughs> but you look last night. I mean, the Jets kill off all four penalties. If Vancouver scores on one or two of those, as teams were doing so often, it's probably a whole different story. And the Jets get a big power play goal from Blake Wheeler. So that's the recipe for success right there. And I suppose that gives you some... Reason for optimism with this group. They should be a, a top power play. If they can get the penalty killing figured out, and it seems like they're at least heading in that direction. I think Andrew Kopp's return from injuries made a huge impact. Brian Little, pretty good penalty killer as well. If and when he returns, he skated the other day with the group, looked really good actually. Uh, you know, the penalty kill, if they can get that figured out and Connor Hellebuck can keep doing Connor Hellebuck things, 
this team can certainly surprise. Yeah, they could. So another big story, uh, another big story, <coughs> a significant story in the league this week was the Zach Cassian um, <laughs> Battle Matthew of Alberta. Kachuk battle. So for those folks who don't know what happened, uh, Kachuk was running around hitting people uh, like he does, um, hit Cassian a few times um, significantly. Cassian decided that uh, enough was enough and <laughs> challenged Kachuk to fight. Kachuk of a turtled. Cassian threw him around like a rag doll, um, punched him a few times, um, ended up getting two games for it, two game suspension. Plus for a it. four minute penalty, which four minute penalty. Calgary scored the game winning goal on. Right. And so um, lots of controversy over this, uh, differences of opinions yeah. as to whether Kachuk is the uh, weasel that I think he is. Contrary to what you think, oh, so we're going to be on opposite sides here. I like this. Yeah, there's, there's, there's. The, 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 he <clears throat> reminds me of the worst weasel of all time in my uh, uh, watching hockey, and that was a guy named Ken Lindsman. I was just going to say, Ken, um, wasn't he known as the Rat? He was known as the Rat. Yeah, yeah. like how, what a great, what a great nickname, isn't that? That's a, a, Brad Marchand is now the the new yeah, Rat, right? Yeah, Marchand at least will drop the gloves, right? Do right, I mean? he'll like, also lick you. <laughs> I saw the top ten. Dumb Brad Marchand things on TSN yesterday, and yeah, the licking thing was right. <laughs> was Where so was his shootout attempt from the other night? That's got to be number that one, was, right? It was, well, that was why they were doing right. it. Yeah, because yeah, he missed the, completely <laughs> missed the pocket center well, ice, which it. ended he, the game. I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Uh, but yeah, I'm a much bigger fan of Brad Marchand than I am Matthew Kachuk. Okay. I'm not sure why. Um, so were you a fan of Keith Kachuk, by the way, when he played? Um, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, so it's not like yeah. a Kachuk bias because no, 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 I've heard I some people who, people hated Keith Walter Kachuk. Kachuk. I really like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really dating myself. He played for the Rangers back in the 60s. Yes, he did. Yeah. I love Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. Like he could play on my team any day. Uh, I also don't mind Zach Cassian either. Like I, I yeah. love the, I love the theater of right. this. Uh, this is what the NHL lacks, and it's great to see it, like actual hatred. These players hate each other. These teams hate each other. Well, uh, Matthew Kachuk is hated by a bunch of guys. For sure. Drew Doughty. Drew Doughty. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's a bunch of them, Mike. It's Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, no, he's the common <laughs> denominator, no doubt. Uh, I guess one of the reasons I like Matthew Kachuk is, to me, yeah, there's a hit-and-run element to him for sure, but he's yeah. also a heck of a player. Oh, he's a great player. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. a po almost a point-of-game guy. Yeah. Like, So he's not yeah. just some one-dimensional tool. I'll give you that. Um, he can play the game, but yeah, and to me, like what he did the other day, he absolutely suckered Zach. He knows that Zach Cassian is a complete hothead, and he played right into that, and he, he won the game for his team. He suckered him into a dumb penalty. Well, he suckered him, <clears> though, but let's not forget that uh, he... he laid a sucker hit on Cassian. Although the NHL it. says it was perfectly I get, clean. I, although, but people are debating yes. that. It is a clean hit, and some people say it's a good, but he was already, Cassian's already engaged with somebody. For sure. And there was a blindside element totally, to it. yeah. It's, it, it's cheap. In it's my predatory, opinion, it's cheap. and he's totally. he's absolutely taking a run and at he him. he deserves to get his head And my, my goodness, the post-game <laughs> comments were Hall of Fame worthy. I mean, Kachuk saying that he's got to stay out of the trolley tracks and oh, Zach God. Cassian calling Matthew Kachuk all kinds of naughty names. Uh, Circle, I believe it's... January 29th is, which ironically is going to be Cassian's first game back from suspension, is going to be against Calgary, uh, which is just going to make for... Uh... Well, there'll be more Matthew Kachuk stuff, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll watch for all of that.
All right, folks, we're back for the third period of our Jet Cetra podcast. We call this the Cetra part, don't we, Mike? We do. It's where we talk about things other than the Jets, um, although there's one thing that I do, would want to uh, touch on here. But first off, uh, biggest sports story this week, in my mind, Ooh. and one of the biggest stars, sports stories in a long time, uh, uh, involves the uh, sign-stealing scandal that's uh, hit Major League Baseball this week, Mike. Uh, where it's been revealed that the Houston Astros um, were had this uh, intricate sign-stealing um, scheme that uh, potentially helped them win a World Series, get to another World Series. 2017, yeah. Um, their manager and general manager were suspended for an entire season and then subsequently fired by the owner. Um, today, Alex Cora, who is the manager of the Boston Red Sox, was also fired. He was the bench coach at the Correct. time. He was, the, he was, and and apparently the um, kind of the ringleader. Yeah, the guy who thought of it all. Now, right. For those of you that don't know what happened, the the Astros had a center. We're using the center field camera to see what the sign was being made, and then using trash cans banging <laughs> on whether it was going to be a. Uh, a curveball curve or, or a fastball, fastball basically yeah. an off-speed pitch or a fastball, and then and then guys would swing or not type of thing, and um, so like really really lame, you know. Like I'm a huge baseball fan, and um, and um, the integrity in sport has been questionable in a lot of different sports. Right. Uh, trying to get at the edge over the last ten or fifteen years, you had the Deflate Gate with the Patriots and and other things with the Patriots, and then you had the Bounty Gate with the New Orleans Saints where Sean Payton was suspended for a year for putting out bounties on players. I mean, it's just like, uh, yeah, give me your thoughts on this, Mike. Well, so let me um, not take a You're not a fan of the Astros anyway. I'm not. The Asuna thing, all of that. It's a good look. I'm also not a fan of the Red Sox because, like you, I'm a Jays fan, so I hate the Red Sox. So um, not shedding too many tears over Alex Cora being gone either, but... Um, couple things. I mean, this was the the sign stealing. There, it wasn't all that sophisticated, right? We're talking about banging a <laughs> trash can. Um, well, it's got to be done really quick. It does. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. There's part of me. I, I get more outraged, or I, I don't know, shouldn't we get more outraged over players using steroids to improve their performance versus sign stealing? I mean, sign stealing is something every time a, uh, a, a, a pitcher has a runner on second base, how often do you see the catcher come out? Because they're worried about this, the guy yeah. on second stealing the sign, right? Um, you know, what's the old saying? If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Like, yeah, I think that there's a, there's been a, Listen, you're on the field and the guys are trying to look in and sure. guys are trying to do things. I think that there's... Get better signs. I think that's okay. So they can't maybe. be stolen. Well, but. I think that when you're using technology like yeah. that and, and having this big you know, scheme to do it, I don't know. I think that that goes against the integrity of the game. What's interesting is that uh, there could be a third shoe to drop on this in terms of managers because Carlos Beltran, who was just named like weeks ago the new manager of the New York Mets. I did not even know that. Carlos Beltran is the only player that was signaled out in this report as also being like the the ringleader on the player's side. There is talk in New York now how in the world 
even though he he did this as a player, now he's a manager. How do they allow him, especially because he actually did an interview with New York media weeks ago after the initial story broke about this, claiming that he had zero knowledge of any of this, that this was all news to him. In this report, it's clear as day that Beltran sang like a canary when he was interviewed by Major League Baseball, and he admitted to everything, wow. basically in exchange for some immunity. Right. Um, so he's he's a liar. Baseball players know how to lie. They I do. Can, so basically, to... how do you now go forward with Beltran as the as your new manager when he's a proven liar? And you know the media market in New York. They yeah. are savage. I was reading a couple of New York Post columns this morning on it. They are absolutely shredding oh, Beltran. Done, yeah. I think he's done, which would be insane. This could take out not one, not two, but three, ma- like 10% of major league managers could be gone in one fell swoop because of this. Yeah, and it's unfortunate. It's Alex Cora and A.J. Hinch in Houston and Carlos Beltran are kind of known as, you know, the, the young guard. Right. Um, I guess the young guard <laughs> has a different philosophy yes, than the, than old, the guard, old guard. Because the old guard certainly would have, you wouldn't have heard of this type of thing from the old guard. So let me ask you this. Did the punishments go far? Should, should Houston be stripped of its World Series? Well, could you even do that? Yeah. If this was the Olympics... They do that all the time, right? They strip gold medals Did for cheaters. Did they strip the Black Sox of the... Uh, I don't That's a good question. think so. But, I mean, you see in the Olympics, they'll award... Yeah. So should... Uh, who, it was the Dodgers, right, who lost? Should the Dodgers right. be declared World Series champions? Would you even want to be declared Probably champions not, that way? No, I mean, it's, it'll just be have an asterisk beside it, I guess, sure. in people's minds, I guess, right? But, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's too bad, and uh, certainly a black mark on, uh, on sports uh, this week. Um, something else totally, I, I have no idea how to segue into this, Mike. How do I segue into this? Okay. I love so, a good segue challenge. So <laughs> tell me what it is and it's I'll, it's impossible. Okay. That was the segue. Oh, just a pause. Okay. <laughs> that works. Um, you have a Dale Howarchuk update for us. Oh yeah. That is a tough segue it's for totally, sure. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Dale Howarchuk, um, he just underwent just, um, a, a real, tough surgery a few days ago to basically have his entire stomach removed. Mm. Uh, His stomach cancer. His stomach cancer, which was diagnosed uh, last August. Um, I interviewed Dale a few weeks back, did a piece on it, and just a really sad story of how he had been having indigestion, heartburn all last summer, kind of put it off, kept putting it off, putting it off, was starting to lose weight couldn't eat very much and then finally goes in gets it looked at the original diagnosis was not cancer as we often hear these things right goes for another opinion and sure enough they found sort of a fairly advanced stomach cancer um so he's been on a feeding tube and it's been a real tough go for dale undergoing um chemotherapy radiation but he's now to the point where um, there was some good progress on that. So they actually removed his stomach, like to remove the cancer. Uh, it sounds very dramatic. It is. But uh, people have had this done and can live a fairly right. normal life. Right. So Dale just had that done last week. And I talked to his son, Eric, the other day. And Eric said Dale's in really good spirits. And um, one of the things, I mean, the, the support from Winnipeggers and he's reading every email and they've gotten letters and Eric said they laugh like the, people are getting a hold of them. They have no idea how they've even tracked them down. But they said all that is great. I mean, Dale Howarchuk is hockey royalty around yeah, here. He's probably, you know, him and Timo Solani would be the two For sure. beloved Jets of all time, I would think. Right. Yeah. And I mean, Dale, and Dale, 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 Dale,
perhaps even more so. You know, sure. He, he was and his links longer. to this team now is really so. I mean, he Dale Howarchuk's a big reason the Jets have Mark Shifley. Yeah, uh, he coached Mark in at Barry in Barry, and of course the Jets made Mark Shifley their first ever draft pick. Right. In no small part to Dale Howarchuk sort of going to town for Mark Shifley. If you remember when the Jets drafted Mark Shifley in 2011, there was a lot of who. Mm-hmm. around the league uh he wasn't the flashy name at the time but uh the Jets banked on on that being a good pick and it's turned out to be uh so Dale Howardchuck um when I talked to him uh, a couple weeks ago he said he he his one of the things he's sort of really looking forward to is getting back to Winnipeg his wife's from here they yeah. owned a cottage here forever yeah. Yeah. uh still loves this city and uh and coming to a Jets game. So it would be great. I mean, maybe we'll see Dale Howardchuk at a Jets game later this year, kind of, you know, being celebrated. And uh, But yeah, a good, a good update. Um, obviously a tough circumstance for him, but uh, I know a lot of people are, are thinking about Dale Howardchuk and uh, hopefully he keeps fighting the good fight. All right, folks, we're back for overtime. Uh, that's where we uh, deal with a couple of other things that maybe we didn't get to. We have a ton of things we could deal with, but I want to bring something up. Um, I recently, Mike, cut my cable, uh, got rid of cable. Uh, it was just costing way too much money. It I wasn't expensive. watching anything on it. I mean, I watched Netflix or Prime Video, and uh, I don't couldn't tell you what else is on uh, all these other cable stations. And, and, and the only reason I had cable was really to watch the Bombers and the Jets because I have to right uh, as part of my job um it's really the only by reason the way, we have it too if, if i wasn't doing this job i would not watch what? that either <laughs> i'm such a big sports fan folks <laughs> <laughs> i've been doing it a long time i would not spend my off time you'll be sports. you'd be like uh just a quick uh a segue here <laughs> blake wheeler told me the other day i actually asked him speaking of the kachuk uh cassian i asked blake wheeler the other day what did you think of what happened with kachuk and cassian that was saturday night right. He said, uh, I didn't watch it. He's a huge Minnesota Vikings fan. Blake Wheeler oh, says, right. uh, I, I, I spent Saturday afternoon watching the Vikings get slaughtered by San Francisco. And then after that, he said, I didn't watch sports for 48 hours. He basically boycotted sports <laughs> altogether because he was so upset about his Vikings I losing. I have a so. plan to boycott sports altogether, too, when I Once walk you out were... this door here. Mike. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go to, I think I might go to India or something. Oh. Detox from sports yeah, or something, yeah. They have cricket, they a lot oh, of cricket in well, India. I, I, no, I won't, they, they won't get me. Okay. I'm trusting. So anyway, so because I have to watch the Jets yeah. and the Bombers, uh, the Jets in particular right now, um, what you can do is you can stream TSN. And uh, for six months, I think it cost me uh, about uh, $90. Just a, 15 bucks a month. Just a little less. I got a deal because you buy it for six months. It was about $13 a month. And so I can stream TSN and watch the games on TSN through my Apple TV, blah, blah, blah. It's excellent and um, all good. So I come home the other night, though, and I'm going to sit down. I got my, uh, uh, got my food in front of me. I'm going to watch the Jets game. Uh, the the Jets are in Toronto to play the Leafs, yeah. right? And um, oh my God, it's not on. What's going on? Well, it's on Sportsnet. Oh, Sportsnet. Yeah. So oh boy, I'm like, well, you're not streaming Sportsnet, right? Well, I wasn't at the oh, time. Oh, now so you are. Then I start scrambling or whatever, and Sportsnet is significantly more expensive than TSN. It's twenty dollars a month. Um. So. Are you now paying more than you were no, paying for cable? It's still thirty. <laughs> it's still about thirty okay. bucks a month for these two sports networks and I can turn it off. You know, I can turn sports off at the end of the hockey season. 
Um, so, but oh my God, like the signal on Sportsnet as compared to TSN is remarkable. I have a I have a pretty good television. Yep. And it's 4K UHD and all that or whatever. And um, and the 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 picture to watch that Leafs Toronto game was amazing, like absolutely amazing. The best best picture of a hockey right. game I've ever seen. Unfortunately, the broadcast team was Craig Hewson, uh, Jim Hewson, and, and Craig, Craig Simpson. Simpson. So my I uh, love Jim Hewson. By yeah, the way. yeah. The best line I ever heard from Jim Hewson was years ago. Somebody scored a goal, and it was in the top corner, and he said, he put it upstairs where Norman hides his mother. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good line. It was so good. I was like, whoa, (laughs) that's awesome. Anyways, I I like Jim Houston. What I didn't like throughout that entire telecast was the fact that Jim Houston and Craig Simpson are the worst Leafs homers. They're homers. Oh my God! Yeah. Like what? Like they're supposed to be national teams, broadcasters, yeah, but they like, they do so many Toronto games. I, I, I don't know if it's that, inevitable. But it I know. seems to me that uh, something needs to be done. That if there's another Canadian team playing the Leafs, you need to bring in some sort of bipartisan conflict comment. of interest. Um, the other thing about streaming, I guess, Steve, is uh, you can watch it on your phone too, right? Like, let's say yeah. you're not at home, yeah, you or could, your iPad or whatever. Or your, yeah, right. you can watch it. Yeah, I'm going to Arizona next week for a week. Yeah, and, so you. So if I wanted to <laughs> watch yeah. a hockey game while I was there, <laughs> like that's not going to happen, right. Mike. But if I wanted to, I could watch the Jets on my iPad or my phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That I would mean, be exciting. It is uh, it, <laughs> as a as a parent of two teenagers, it is an interesting concept. The idea of like kids don't watch tv anymore my kids all they watch is netflix and yeah. cable like right or youtube right right youtube yeah. netflix yeah. um and they're watching on their phones or whatever right. so you do wonder i mean that seems to be the way it's all going very specialized content so we are dinosaurs we still have our I love cable the idea and that you can pick what you want like i don't understand these cable companies right. so here's really a question don't. when you're streaming can you pvr a game no so that's so the one thing you, you have to watch do. it live right so that's the one thing that i do miss is that i can't pause the game right. go get a snack or go to the washroom or whatever so i might miss three or four minutes of the game or whatever dreadful yeah um, <laughs> um but overall i i i think i think it's just it's it's excellent and it's sure. way cheaper yeah well it's a perfect way to wrap it up because uh, we are in overtime and yeah. i'm glad you saw the leafs game because that was a hell of an overtime which i wrote a column on that i right. think and, and it's funny how so many people were asking in toronto center of the hockey universe they all see one great overtime and all of a sudden all the toronto media were saying and asking after the game, should we expand overtime? Doesn't seem like it's on the agenda for the NHL GMs to study. I would be fully in favor of it with uh, the Leafs-Jets last week being exhibit A of why overtime is great, and I'd say we need more of it. Do you like the shootout at all? I hate the shootout. Uh, Although that was a hell of a shootout, too, uh, between the Leafs and the Jets. But I think it's a dumb way to settle. I mean, it's the equivalent of a slam dunk contest or a home run hitting contest to settle a baseball or a basketball game. You could say game. that about the three. You three could. It's though. gimmicky it's for sure. Gimmicky, yeah. uh, it's it's still, there's more of a team element to it. it com- it's everything we like, speed, skill, whatever. 
um, you don't get that so much in the shootout. But we, okay, that's you know what, the biggest problem, right? That this second though is our producer. Yeah, is giving us Garrett, the. She's getting hangry. She is. Okay, she's, it's lunchtime. <laughs> it's lunchtime, and she's, she's doing us a solid as she up. always does. Yeah, we do not want to get uh, Jen hangry, so we'll wrap we it up. Wrap it up, Mike, we'll, so we can find this podcast everywhere. Everywhere, right? everywhere that you can get your podcast. Are we streaming? I'm sure we're streaming somewhere, we right? Be streaming. <laughs> we'll all see right, you next folks, time, uh, folks. Happy New Year to you all, uh, and uh, we'll talk to you. Thank you.